Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. This Sunday's sermon was given by Associate Pastor Reverend Henry Coates. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit firstpresevanston.org. Our scripture reading today is from Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. Please join me in a prayer for illumination. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you have to say to us today. Amen. Acts 8, verse 26. An angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go to the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go, go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, Do you understand what you are reading? He replied, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb, silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, About whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself? or about someone else. Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Good morning, everybody. 
It's really good to see you all today. Uh, the wind is blowing, but it is gorgeous outside. And uh, yes, I just put up my soul like a fighter pilot. We're just gonna have to go with it, all right? Let me pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing unto you, you who are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. As I said, it's really good to see you all here today, those who of us who are gathering here outside on this beautiful spring, spring day, and to all of us uh, who might be gathering wherever you may be in the world, uh, joining us on our online streaming service. Today is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us together rejoice and be glad in it. That's right. That's right, Bob. So this morning, we are going to be talking about a disciple who doesn't make much else of an appearance in the Bible, and a eunuch. We're going to be exploring topics of God's call, the importance of listening to questions asked, and the extent that God's desire to be in relationship with the rejects, the outsiders, the ones we don't expect, can surprise us even today. Surprise and... Uh, perhaps give comfort that God wants to be with folks even like us. I know you all probably realize this, but God does call us to go outside of our comfort zones. I mean, we can say for the past year and a half, we've all been outside of our comfort zone one way or another. I mean, I, I am happy to see us all worshiping in our parking lot today, right? Or through an online streaming service. But this is, this is outside our norm. This is outside of our comfort zone. Now, some people like to think of Christianity as a comfortable religion, a faith that doesn't demand too much, which rests in complacent hope and easy assurance. Now, that might be a fair critique for how Christianity has developed over the centuries, but that's not how the Bible shows following Jesus is like. Sometimes in the Bible, the Holy Spirit wakes you up with no more than a divine impulse to get up and go. The central character of the book of Acts is the Holy Spirit of God, the very Spirit of Jesus Christ, driving the good news outwards from Jerusalem, Samaria, to the ends of the very earth out of God's love for the world out of God's deep desire for relationships with people, in Jesus' name. This desire of God, this compulsion driven by the Holy Spirit to witness to the name of Jesus, the Messiah, wherever, however, isn't straightforward. I think of uh, the poet Emily Dickinson. It goes slant at times. And it isn't for the faint-hearted. So thank God, thank God, that through the power of the Spirit, we can be brave. There's an intensity to the spread of the gospel. There's an intensity to the love of God that seeks us out wherever we may be, whoever we may think we are, that will not let us go and will take us to places we do not expect. Now, Philip was a disciple of Jesus. As he's the same Apostle Philip mentioned frequently in the Gospel of John? No, it, it doesn't seem so. That's not what the Bible suggests. Our Philip was called a deacon 
appointed in Acts 6 verse 5 as one of the seven deacons appointed to tend to the poor of the Jerusalem church. Later in Acts, he's referred to as Philip the Evangelist in Acts 21, 8 through 9. The most we hear about him, though, is here in chapter 8. And here in chapter 8 is where he earns the title of evangelist. Philip appears at the start of our chapter, preaching that Jesus is the Messiah in the city of Samaria, outside of Judea, where this good news and the healing and wholeness Jesus brings is received with great joy. Philip did a good job. He could have easily thought that he did his bit, that his work of telling others about Jesus was at an end, and that it was time that he could take a break so that others could do the work now. But God is overwhelming in God's love. God wasn't done with Philip yet. To quote theologian Willie James Jennings, Philip will now experience what it means to fall into the hands of a desiring God. And in turn, so will we. How many of us have said, you know what, God? I'm done. I've done my bit. Now for, it's now time for others to stand up. Only for God to bring us in one more time. Verse 26 into verse 27 reads, Then the angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go towards the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem into Gaza. This is a wilderness road in the parenthetical. So he got up and went. So he got up and went. The Spirit of God through the voice of an angel does not tell Philip why he must get up and go, just that he get up and go. If this were me, I would have wanted to talk it over with God. I like talking. I'm told I'm a good talker. I'm all for talking. But God says sometimes, get up and go. As a friend of mine once observed, imprecise direction and clear obedience. This is what God needs to direct disciples. Imprecise direction and clear obedience. So Philip is set out into the wilderness, his destination a desert road, a place that is no place. There he will meet God. There on the road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza, from the near and known to the distant and unknown, Philip will again witness a God whose love expands over every road, every wilderness, every deserted place. There is no place that God is not. The Spirit is the Lord of the road. Now the scene that now unfolds is astonishing and perhaps a little comedic. A fine chariot moves on by, and on it at least one driver and his chauffeur rider, an Ethiopian eunuch. And here's what the very Spirit of God says to Philip. Catch him! Now this is where, in the story, I probably would have fallen over and died. But not Philip. He takes off running. Now, everyone has different gifts, and it's clear that Philip has different gifts than me. Perhaps more developed lungs. I don't know. He can take off. 
and catch a moving vehicle. I cannot. But then again, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, right? So running, Philip comes up to the moving chariot, maybe chasing behind it, maybe next to the horses, who knows, but he catches up and lo and behold, he hears the eunuch reading from the Bible, reading from the words of the prophet Isaiah. And is he out of breath? I, I don't know. But he manages to squeeze out a question between gasps. Do you understand what you are reading? You see what's happening here? God is chasing after the eunuch. We, we can say this because Philip has been brought exactly to this point by the Holy Spirit. He must run behind the horses because, because God will not leave this traveler alone. Now, noticing the man chugging along his chariot, the Ethiopian eunuch, who clearly was a man of comfort and used to fine things, he doesn't miss a beat. How can I understand? Unless someone guides me. I need a guide. He wants to understand what it is that the Bible is pointing towards or who it is that God is directing him to. And he, he needs a guide. He needs a partner, a shepherd. A friend. And that's the opening that God takes. God will make and take any opening. God just needs willing men and women, women and men, to get up and go. So Philip gets in the chariot, and I bet he is relieved. He's been running this whole time. But now he's standing next to the Ethiopian eunuch in his chariot, invited into his private, personal space. And together they read Isaiah 53, 7 through 8. And he, because of his affliction, opens not his mouth. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is dumb, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. Because of the iniquities of my people, he was led to death. Now let's take a moment and talk about the Ethiopian eunuch. He was a proud son of Africa. Imagine him now, dark and as beautiful as the sky is at night. He's an agent of the queen of Ethiopia herself, in charge of her entire royal treasury. He was on his way home from Jerusalem, where he had gone to worship God. He was marked. He was cut. He was different. He did not fit. Immense privilege and authority, but he could never fully belong. Now, someone once termed the Ethiopian eunuch as the ultimate slave, one who has tremendous power and is close to royalty, and yet is not a man, is not a woman, but another, because he was a eunuch. Because he was a eunuch, he was not welcome in full temple worship or synagogue assemblies. A Jew by faith who clung to the God of Israel, because of his circumstance, he could never completely belong. Because the law of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 23.1 reads, No one who has been emasculated by crushing or cutting 
may enter the assembly of the Lord. Reading Isaiah tell of the suffering silent servant awakens something in the Ethiopian eunuch. Who is this person in pain and suffering, humiliation and shame? And he flat out asks Philip, who is this? Tell me, who is this? And so Philip begins to speak, began to tell him of Jesus, he who in his shame suffered and died for all. For all, including the Ethiopian eunuch himself, the one whom God desired. There's a sweet interplay here. The Ethiopian eunuch desired God, but could not feel accepted. But the miracle of Jesus is that God desires all. That no one is left outside the gate. That all are welcome in and called son, daughter, beloved of the king. Even one so markedly different, like the Ethiopian eunuch. God's desire overwhelms all things different, all things strange, all things out of sorts, and all things slant. Nothing can separate us or anyone from the love of God. This is the good news of the gospel, and it is this that Philip related in the chariot on that day when the Holy Spirit told him to what? Get up and go and chase after some horses along a wilderness road to catch a man on a chariot reading scripture. There have been three questions up to this point, and now a fourth, another blunt one. What, present, what prevents me from being baptized? The Ethiopian has found himself in Christ. He is in Christ and Christ is in him. And now the water waits for the joining. All that remains in reply to his question is his own confession. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Verse 37. The eunuch wants God as much as God wants him. And so immediately, immediately, he is baptized. His life has been forever changed. His trajectory altered. His whole being transformed into a new thing. He is, despite it all, a new creation in God. And he goes on his way rejoicing. The Bible says at this point that the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. You see, God wasn't done with Philip yet. No, Philip was found traveling the road to Caesarea, rejoicing, proclaiming the good news to all he had encountered. Even after he was done chasing the chariot along the deserted wilderness road. So what do we take from this story? This beautiful, odd story. Well, as a church, as our church, I think we can reflect on how the Holy Spirit tells us to get up and go without providing all that much detail as to where we are going and what we are to do. Recall, imprecise direction and clear obedience. 
I think this is a good thing for us to ponder, especially as we emerge from the pandemic. God might be directing us in new ways towards things and approaches unexpected. Another thing to consider is that the hero of the story is not the disciple Philip. It is the outsider eunuch. Without even knowing Jesus' name or what he did and who he is, the eunuch still desired to know him. At the same time, God desires this eunuch for who he is, not for whom he might become. Jesus redeems him fully and wholly, despite the eunuch's persona non gratiness, according to the law. The eunuch says yes to God, just as God says yes to the eunuch. It is the eunuch who states, without pause, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, some folks can't bring them to make, some folks can't bring themselves to make that confession. So let's pray for them in particular. Philip plays a supporting role in our story. Who might God be asking you to chase after, to embrace in the name of Jesus? That's a question our church could ask as well. Our, our world is hurting. Yet the name of Jesus isn't held in high regard by people who have burned, who have been burned by Christ's disciples. I think of that Mahatma Gandhi quote, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. How do we reach people, chase after people like, like the eunuch? Love people as God loves and desires them themselves? It's a fair question to ask. A third thing to note is that Philip preached Jesus in light of the questions that the, that the eunuch asked. Philip listened, and listened well. He didn't come in with an agenda. He didn't come in with any idea of what he was going to do. His only instruction, recall verse 29, is go and catch that chariot. Uh, the spirit drove Philip towards the eunuch, now not out of a desire to convert, but out of a desire to catch, to love, to welcome the Ethiopian into the family of God in Jesus' name. There is something profound here if we have ears to listen. And fourth, this is something to tie it all together, Note that the stories of Philip and the Ethiopian disciple are left unfinished. There's an open-endedness to their stories, yet we know where they are going. They are on their way to God, rejoicing. Likewise, us as individuals, we as a church, we don't know where we are going, and it's okay to admit that. Our story is still to be written where God is taking us as a congregation here in Evanston, no one can say. What we can say is that the Spirit of God desired the Ethiopian. That very same Spirit desires you, desires us, desires our neighborhoods. 
The, mis the mission of the First Presbyterian Church of Evanston is to know, grow, and serve Jesus Christ, to make disciples here in Evanston, in Chicagoland, and around the world. God's desire can be our desire if we have ears to listen and a heart to believe. Trust in that grace. Live in that love. Be bold in that Holy Spirit. And let's say together where God is leading us. Have faith, friends, wherever you may be. We too shall go out rejoicing. We too shall go out rejoicing. Thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs>